This is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer from the island of Kauai. And together we're spirit speakers where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello and welcome to our newest episode. This one is on mediumship and spiritism. Now, once again, Jude and I have spoken about mediumship quite a few times in our episodes, and we wanted to devote an entire episode to this. We are going to be having a special guest join us, who Jude will introduce you to a little bit later. But let's start off with the definition of mediumship. Now, psychics are people that work within the paranormal. They um, use their senses and their psychic abilities and their intuition to acquire information. Now, a medium is someone that actually opens themselves up to other energies and other frequencies, especially to people that are no longer in physical form. So I usually think of a medium as somebody who talks to dead people or people that have crossed over. However, there are many different types of mediums. Now, the three main types that you may have heard about is the mental medium. This is somebody who is conscious why they are doing their work, and they're utilizing their own psychic abilities to communicate with those that have passed over. They're using their clairvoyance, their clairaudience, their clairsentience. So clairvoyance is their ability to see things, clairaudience to hear, clairsentience to feel, and there are many other senses. So a mental medium is someone who is tapping into their own gifts and using their abilities to connect with people on the other side. Now we also have a physical medium. Now a physical medium is someone that actually opens their physical body up to these other frequencies. They are someone that allows spirits or souls on the other side to actually come through and utilize their physical body. And that is how they acquire information. For instance, they may um, allow someone to come into their physical body and speak through them. So they are speaking through the medium. Now, there's also mediums that use psychometry. And psychometry is when you hold on to or touch an object that belonged to the person that has passed. So by, by maybe, say, holding onto someone's watch or a piece of someone's jewelry, by utilizing the sense of touch and feeling their belongings, you can connect with information about them. And then many times that opens up a portal to help you actually communicate with them. And psychometry can also be photographs and utilizing photographs to pick up on information. So these are the three main different types of mediumship, but there are many, many out there. There's remote viewing. There's the mediumship using telepathy. There are many different types. So Jude and I are going to start off by um, explaining and describing a little bit more about our mediumship. I want to expand a little bit more on mediumship. And I think that mediumship can have a variety of definitions or explanations as to what it is exactly and what it entails. And, and maybe there's like a universally accepted definition of what that is, that it's specifically with spirits who have left their body and crossed over or not, or are in the limbo or whatever, and that we're able to communicate with them. But I kind of want to expand on that because my perception of like mediumship is about the ability to speak with any conscious being, spirit, entity, from another realm or dimension and translate that and mediate that information to this earthly realm. So I don't personally, for me, see it as just speaking to human beings that have 
left their body and that we're communicating that I see it as being able to talk to ETs and talking to elementals and talking to earth uh, spirits or our ancestors or even talking to various like diseases and sicknesses in the form of consciousness in the way that I perceive it because that's the world that I live in that like everything has consciousness so everything is in the space of being able to communicate and mediate information or messages from these conscious life forms, I guess is the way I want to say it, and the ability to translate what they are trying to communicate to people in this earthly physical plane. So that is sort of my take on mediumship, whether or not that that's how everybody sees it. That's how I see it. What do you think about that, Patty? I totally agree with you, Jude. It's connecting with beings or entities in other realms, not only people that have passed. I, however, you know, usually when I hear mediumship, because that's my specialty is more talking to people that have died. That's kind of where I go. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Right. And so with that, I think that there's different types and forms of mediumship. And this comes into the definition of channeling too. And like what kind of channel you are and how you get that information and how you bridge that information over. Like, you know, for me, I see my experience of mediumship as a very sort of external thing as though like I am visiting or sharing space. Like, just like if I had a visitor come over for tea and you're coming over and you're sitting down and we're having a conversation. And then I'm just relaying that conversation to people in the physical dimension, whether that's from their spirit guide or an ancestor or an ET or a a ghost that's following them around. I experience it like a conversation of like multiple people sitting in the same space that just the other person I'm speaking to can't see or hear those people. Like that's how my mediumship works. So how, how does yours work? It, it works a lot like that. I feel like when I'm doing psychic work, information is coming down to me. When I'm doing mediumship, I am meeting, like I am raising my vibrational frequency. I feel like ghosts are lowering their vibrational frequency. We're finding a place where we can kind of meet in the middle and that I'm connecting with them in a different space. So I'm moving into a different frequency. Now, there are times when I, you know, information is coming through really clearly and easily. There are times when I feel like I have to read the ghost where I have to fight a little bit more to get the information. There are times when it'll show up very visually and I can tell you exactly what they look like, how they're standing, what they're wearing, that type of thing. It comes in differently each time. Now I feel, and I'm going to talk primarily for me, for my experience about talking to people that have passed. There are times when people will come in and ask to speak to their grandmother and their dead uncle will come through. Sometimes a medium can open that portal and you're never really totally sure who's going to show up. And this has a lot to do with, um, you know, what's best for the client for, uh, you know, the type of space that I'm in in that day, for whatever that that ghost or that spirit, whatever's going on in their life. Their grandmother may come through, you know, really easily, or it may not be something that would serve their higher good for the grandmother to come through. I think sometimes ghosts know better than we do if them showing up is going to assist their loved ones in their grieving process, or if it's going to hinder that grieving process. Like for me, my grandmother showing up, might really make me feel, you know, elated and happy and know that there's more after death and trusting in that and, 
and excited where somebody else, it might be remind them of how much they miss them and how difficult their life is without them in it. And, and it might make their grief worse. So I, I feel like there are a lot of things that come into play when you're working as a medium. It's hard to always be on and always connect with who people want to connect with. And I think you have to have patience with that and be open with that. And I also think that it's a little more taxing physically and energetically on, at least on me, when I'm doing psychic work, I'm just opening and information's coming in. When I'm working as a medium, I'm traveling up and into other frequencies and the vibrational frequencies of other realms. And so it is a little more taxing on me energetically and physically than if I'm doing straight psychic work. So this is really interesting. I actually want to expand a little bit more on what I said, but yeah, a lot of times it feels like I'm in a conference room with other beings and we're all sharing the space, but yeah, you're right. A lot of times it's not always like that. There's not a sense of the presence of the being being with me, but there's a, a knowing of communication or transmissions that that's coming, but I don't necessarily see sort of like a physical impression of their essence being in the space. It's just like a communication that's coming through, but I know that that communication is coming from spirit or some other intelligent being existing in some space. And I don't need to burn any energy trying to figure out what they look like or where they're standing. It's like all the energy just goes for the actual information that's coming through. So yeah, I and I believe that and see that to be mediumship. But it's interesting that you you say this today because I actually had two clients, interestingly enough, today who both lost a brother. And um, sometimes when I'm doing a reading, it's like the second somebody comes in, it's like grandma or, you know, there's like this person here or whatever. And it's obvious and immediate and it needs to be addressed right away but with the two clients that came in today who both happened to have lost a brother their brother did not show up um with with good reason actually i I understand in hindsight because at the end of the reading they mentioned the brother they're like i had a brother that passed for the first client the brother showed up very clear very strong came in with a very strong message that i felt like needed to be relayed to the, the first client And then the second person who came in also lost a brother within the same timeline, which is always very interesting because that's how readings go sometimes, Mm -hmm. and mentioned the brother at the end. And there was a distinct staying back. Like there was a distinct like, I'm not coming in to give you information. Today is not about me. It's about my brother. I'm here, but I'm not going to be included in this experience today. Like this, this is not about me. So... Yeah, it is a a two way. And as you said, like, sometimes it's just not meant to be. And how can I explain that? Like one brother would come in so strong and it was very clear what the message would be. And then the next one, it was like, I was trying to almost like rope him in, like, come closer, like, let's talk, you know? And he was like, nope, I'm standing back. Like, I don't really want to interfere with this experience my brother's having because this is more for him today, you know? So it's it's interesting. I mean, it's like, it's not like we can just command that we're going to speak to whoever wants to be, you know, communicated with. We can't make it happen if, if it's just like as any conversation would be with any people on the earthly plane. Like sometimes you want to talk and sometimes you don't and sometimes it's not necessary. I agree. And that, you know, then then you watch things on TV like Tyler Henry, 
who is a medium, who is just amazing. And when you see him on TV, he gets like, oh, who's Mary? Is Mary your grandmother? He gets like names and things so clearly. Now, I don't know how much this is edited and I would love to have a meeting with him, but I can speak for Jude and I, at least it doesn't always <laughs> come in that. In fact, it's rare when it comes in like that. I have gotten names before and I wanted to jump up and down and scream out of excitement for my <laughs> poor client, because when things like that come through, it's, it's so fun and it's so fascinating. But I think sometimes people come to see a psychic expecting that. And I think that's really rare. You know, for me, I am not a names person and it's been actually really frustrating for me. I've been asking and actually I did get a name the other day, but I was too afraid to say it because it was so unusual. I was like, oh my God, I just heard a name really clear and I kept hearing it over and over again, but I didn't bring it up because it's so not my area, you know, and uh, maybe it's personal blocks that I have, but I do believe that when I'm getting a communication like that's the message of what they're trying to say is coming through and is authentic. Like I'm not here to like um, entertain you with like knowing like that you bought a necklace in May and have it and hold it in your left hand all the time, like which some mediums can do. And that's really amazing. I feel like for me, when it comes to spirits who've crossed over that are coming over with a message of healing, it's just like what they need to know in order for them to find more peace and it's less about trying to prove to them that like spirits exist on the other side with with these like feats of like details that you know some of these people do on tv which is sort of unfortunate that that's been kind of like the way mediumship has been presented to the public i think personally that you are more gifted when it comes to beings who have crossed over and coming back. For me, I feel a lot more clear and a lot more strong with spirits that are stuck. If they're stuck, I can see them with a level of clarity and understanding and the uh, natural instinctual drive in myself to help spirits move past that it's sort of like my calling. It's sort of the design of the matrix of my being. So I think that that's why I tend to hover in that area of like stuck sort of traumatized souls that are running on a lower frequency and are looking for their way into a higher realm. I would totally agree with that. And when I am reading people that have passed, I feel like you said, like I'm there with them. When I see a um, earthbound spirit or somebody that's stuck I am viewing that from a distance and I know oh. that I'm doing that myself. There's like a filter and I can see it, but it's 100% different wow. than when I'm connecting with, with somebody that's passed. And th- now I'm curious because I know recently you sent me somebody who was dealing with an earthbound spirit. And I thought in the back of my mind, like I was a little surprised that you weren't able to help her with it. Like, because it's so easy for me. I was like, come on, Patty, you got this. Like, you know how to like, so hearing you say that is giving me some perspective of like, oh, it's actually really challenging for you because I feel more comfortable with that. Where if like somebody came to me and they're like, I really want to connect with such and such. And if I perceive them as having crossed over into the light, it's more challenging for me. It's like, I can still do it and I can still receive communication, but it's like, I really have to effort. I feel like, you know, as compared to people who are, stuck, I can be like really close face to face, like right next to them, touching them and, and be comfortable and okay with that. So yeah, interesting. So there have been people that I have sent to you, um, because it was too much for me or I didn't feel like going into it. However, 
people that listen to this podcast, I'll be reading somebody and they'll bring up, um, a, or I'll see a, a, an earthbound spirit or something stuck. And they'll be like, Oh, I, I need to talk to Jude about this. Right. Like, like they, <laughs> they already know. As your, so sometimes they don't even give me, I'm not saying that this person did. Sometimes they don't even give me a chance. They're like, okay, I'll just, I'll just call Jude. <laughs> and maybe they're being nice to me. Like, we know you don't like to do this Patty, but sometimes they do come in and I can help them. Um, but like I said, a lot of times it's, I'm not connecting with them. I am witnessing them or they're talking to me, but I have them separated in a little bit of a filter where I know you can get right in there. And, and it's like, you know what to do with it more than I do. You know, it's interesting that you say that you keep them sort of at a distance or you feel them more at a distance because the ones that come over from the other side, from the light, it does feel like they're like down there, like over far away. Like it doesn't feel like they're up close. Whereas earthbound spirits, like, I feel like it's an intimate, like I'm sitting down holding their hand and we're having this conversation together. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, that's so interesting. Cause that's how I feel with people that have passed. Like I'm usually crying along with them and you know, yeah, that's funny. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Experience. But yeah. opposite. Um, yeah, not that it can't be emotional and beautiful, but it does feel more like there's this gap and I'm like speaking to them from the room over there, like far away. Yeah, we're earthbound spirits. It feels like we're just shoulder to shoulder having a conversation. So when you were saying a little bit earlier about how, you know, you're not here to collect personal information to pass things on, that's actually what I really try to do when I'm a medium. Because I feel like the more I can prove to my client that their loved one is with them, you know, if they're mentioning a nickname or they're bringing some personal thing that has happened, I feel like that is going to be more more healing to them than anything. And so that's what I am really trying to get. And so when I can't get something like that, I get super frustrated. So it's funny that you're like, I'm, that's not my goal when that is kind of my goal. I have had clients where I've gotten a name and they're like, yeah, I don't know that person. Don't know that person, but the name just keeps coming in. And, and the dead person is telling me over and over this name. And then they'll call me like a week later. Oh my gosh. I know exactly who that was. My mom says it's my uncle Terry and he looked just like you described and stuff like that. And then spirit will um, sometimes send future messages. Like uh, I think I might've mentioned this in a, a previous podcast, but this just happened recently. So it's fresh in my mind. I kept seeing a red ball, like a child's ball. And I said, there's a red ball in your backyard that they keep talking about. And the person's like, no, there isn't. And I said, do you have kids? No. You know, do you have a dog that no. And I said, well, spirit just keeps saying over and over this red ball, this red ball in your yard. And then she texted me that when she got home, there was a, a children's red ball in her backyard. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what that was, was spirit was kind of planting that seed so that when she got home, she's like, oh, that really was. And I don't remember who it was speaking my grandfather or whoever. So for me, mediumship is more difficult because I, I personally have my own expectations and what I'm wanting to get to pass on. And it's also physically and energetically exhausting because I'm shifting from vibrational frequency into a different vibrational frequency. Now, when you're speaking with stuck souls or earthbound spirits or aliens or entities, do you feel that? Do you feel like it it um, takes its toll on your energetic or physical body? Yeah, definitely the earthbound spirits because I have to drop really low to to get in alignment with them and to see them with clarity. But I don't mind it, you know. I'm not saying that I'm so depleted and exhausted. And yeah, it's a lot. It's heavy. Like who wants to rifle through, you know, 
somebody who died under tragic circumstances like that's not pleasant but i don't dislike the experience and then speaking to what you're saying about like these details and names and objects and all of that like it's not that i don't think that that's important information and validations that can be very healing for people but when you were speaking about i was kind of like oh i'm realizing that i sort of have like a it's it's not high on my priority list and maybe yeah. i am creating the reason why i'm not getting that information because i don't think that it's the most important thing to know and relay and so maybe that's why my energy doesn't seek that out or or search it out but maybe i'll open up maybe i'll try to open up to it more and get a little bit more brave about saying some of the things but another patterning with you and me is that we always tend to be on the opposite ends and then somewhere eventually we cross over onto the other side uh so i look i look forward to being able to be in close proximity with uh those that have crossed over uh into the light and it's and it's certainly without a doubt gotten a lot stronger since i've known you for sure okay so i wanted to talk to you about this and you and i have kind of talked about this in the past I have had several times when someone has come to me and said, I want to know if my sister was murdered. Mm -hmm. I want to know if my brother committed suicide or if it was an accidental overdose. I want to know who killed my Mm -hmm. friend, you know, that type of thing. Whenever I hear this, I start to sweat immediately because chances are I'm going to get the information or get some information. But I personally have a thing about being accused of something I didn't do. While I like to think that I'm pretty damn good at my job, I am not a hundred percent and I am not always right. And I make mistakes and I get things incorrectly. And for me to accuse somebody of something that they did not do just really works against my judgment and my comfort zone. So I have had times when people have come and I've gotten a really clear visual of what happens. And then I have to ask spirit, okay, am I supposed to pass this on to them? There are times when I've been asked this and I see nothing. And there are times when I've been asked this and the the person that was killed or that died will come to me and say, that's not important. They need to move on. This is not going to bring them closure. Do not take this to court. Do not blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. That's not what matters. So it can work out different ways. Now, how do you feel when you get things like that? I've definitely gotten requests like that and I've definitely seen things and I've definitely relate it to them. And I've had mm-hmm. people say that is the exact description of like what we've suspected, but yeah. there was never any closure. Like we suspected such and such did this, but yeah. we could never catch them. And then I would like describe like the whole scene. I tend to see it from the perspective of the victim. Like, so you and I have had this before where you're more like a bird's eye view kind of watching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So for me, I often go into the, the role of the person who is going through the experience. And so I'm sort of limited to see and experience what they're experiencing. So if I don't know, or I didn't see a face or, you know, these things can get in the way. But I always give a disclaimer anytime I do that to people. I just, Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, please just you know, I'll give you what I see, but don't, don't do anything major. But yeah, I also have times where I've had spirits say, it doesn't matter. We need to let it go. We need to move on. Yeah. Uh, and then I have had times when a spirit has said, no, this is important, you know, yeah. not as, not as off as the opposite, but yeah. So let's talk about physical mediumship. 
so again, physical mediumship is when the medium allows their physical body to be used for um, the spiritual communication. It's channeling. We've, we've done an episode on channeling before. And so this can also be like automatic writing. And we've talked about automatic writing where you're using your physical body, where the information is coming through and you're using your body to write things out and physically write things out. Now, um, you know, you can channel things in a way where you're just speaking. For me, I'll be doing a reading, talking to someone. And then all of a sudden, I'll just start talking. It's almost like talking without taking a breath. It's like, it just starts flowing really fast, almost like I'm speaking faster than I could think in my mind. And for me, I consider that um, channeling. However, it's not like my whole physical body is being taken over by this. And like I said, we, we do have a whole episode on channeling. So if this is something you're interested in, you may want to um, tap into that. But um, I did want to, I did want to talk about that briefly. So Jude, do you have anything to um, share about physical mediumship? Yeah, I remember way back in the beginning of everything I had asked you about how you get information and you use the term direct knowing, or it just like kind of comes through, as you said, it like flows out of you before you even have an opportunity to think that happens to me now, like now that is totally a part of my experience as a reader and it, and it's so interesting because it's almost like my consciousness is outside, like of myself. So I will be relaying all this information and then there's this other voice of me that's like holy shit yeah listen to me right now like where is this coming from but i know it's right you know so there's like almost like this separate consciousness of myself observing this thing that i'm doing (laughs) and it's not interrupting the flow and then i often think of you actually it's like oh this is patty's direct knowing like she showed me the way (laughs) or whatever because before (laughs) I got to tell you, it's a much more efficient and fluid way of being able to relay information because before I used to be like, it would have to be presented to me and shown to me, and then I would have to decipher it. And then I would give the information, which is like three more extra steps and a little bit more time. You know, it's like, I have to like chew on the morsel of information and digest it and interpret it and then give it over. Whereas like this way is just sort of like, and it's not that it happens like, that's not what happens a hundred percent of the time, but there's these moments where it just comes in and it's flowing and it's, oh, and I legitimately hear my own consciousness being shocked at the fact that it's even happening. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, yeah. oh, that's an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. <laughs> like I'll be like outside of it being like, like an observer of this thing that's happening. It's super trippy, but yeah, we did on the channeling podcast. Um, I had a lot of apprehensions about being a physical medium because I have been jumped by earthbound spirits who are running at a low frequency and it really spooked me out. But we are going to get into this after we introduce Jana, my friend Jana, which I'll I'll just do a light introduction now, is that um, she's a, a, a medium and she has harnessed her skill through the path of spiritism with different lineages of the Santa Daime and Ubanda. Um, and spiritism is essentially the form of mediumship, which is about incorporating spirits and channeling spirits and allowing different entities and beings to come through you and speak and communicate through you. So when we introduce Jana, Jana is going to go more into that space of spiritism or mediumship through spiritism, which is going to be super fascinating. And I will share an experience that I had recently about incorporating a spirit during that time and get Jana's take on it. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear from Jana. That's going to be fun. 
All right. And then the last one is psychometry. And there's a term for this that neither Jude nor I could remember. It's something mediumship, and it'll probably come to us as soon as we get done with this. But it basically is psychometry, which is, again, using an object or a photograph can be an object to connect um, with people on the other side. If someone is coming to me for mediumship, I don't usually ask them to bring me an object or a photograph. However, I have had people bring something with them or send me a picture, you know, ahead of time and, you know, holding an object that belonged to somebody or seeing a photograph really does kick that information in really strongly. And sometimes I'm kind of like, why don't I ask them to bring something all the time? Because it is really strong. Now I, and, and you as well, we are both very visual people and where I would say most of mine is direct knowing, I, I have a lot of clairvoyance as well. I see things a lot. Now I can see a photograph of somebody somebody and tell you right away what their their general personality is, what you know, maybe their fears are, if they're really open or if they're a closed off person, all of that. Um, I get a lot of information visually. So seeing a photograph of somebody can really open that up for me a lot, not only with people that are dead, but also with people that are alive. And that's like, like if I'm picking a doctor, I look at their photo and I'll be like, oh yeah, hell no. Or I'll be like, yeah, they'll work for me. <laughs> I, I do that a lot. I, I really trust my visual. It's almost like your first impression of somebody while it's it's always energetic, I pick up on a lot of energy from somebody's appearance, if that makes sense. So Jude, I'm going to hand it over to you. Do you have that too? And have you used psychometry in the past? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And I think the reason I don't put an emphasis on people to bring things is because I don't need it. But like now that you're mentioning it, it is a lot easier. It kind of like opens the portal up, but it's also the same reason why like when I do a zoom call, I just need to look at you once, once, once I've got past the initial, like, hi, how are you? What's your name? Here we go. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't need to look at you. In fact, my eyes are pretty much closed the whole time, but there's just something in being able to connect with like the code. It's like, it's like reading a word and understanding the meaning, like the, uh, geometry of your makeup has information in it and if i get to see it it's like looking at a letter or a phrase you know and i'm I'm able to get information yeah but same with the pictures living or dead or historical figures or whatever i do allow my clients to show me photos of people who are living especially if there's like you know conflict or something information soul paths that they want to see and i'm able to communicate as a medium with their oversoul with their higher self, which I think is also a form of, you know, mediumship. And yeah, certainly touching objects helps. And even a name, I think is sort of kind of in that same category. If I hear a name or see a name written in the right way, just the first name, it really helps open up the channel to like hone in on uh, directly who I'm trying to pick up information about. Yeah. The name thing is trippy, isn't it? I, you know, I can, I can get up in the morning and I'm looking at my clients for the, for the day. And I'd be like, uh Oh, this one's not going to be easier. Like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Like I can get an energy about them from their name as well, which is interesting. So now I have done phone readings with people that I've never met and never seen, and they're fine. I don't really like them as much. And I also, you know, if I'm talking to somebody and, and I mention something and their aura brightens up or their whole field of energy changes, I see that as a tool for me, like, oh, what is this about? And I might even say, 
Now, right there, when you spoke about that, your energy, your frequency got really high, your aura got really bright. This is something that you are definitely passionate about. So I am using my clairvoyance as well as my intuition to read people. You know, if I'm saying something that's scaring the shit out of somebody and I can read that through their body language, I'm going to use that as a tool to back off a little bit or word things in a little bit of a different way. Or if somebody looks totally bored, you know, I might be like, okay, spirit, they're looking bored. Let's give them something juicy. You know, so I like seeing people for a, a variety of reasons. I don't really consider it cheating, but it does have a frequency with it that I do read. So for you, when you do phone readings, are they just as easy for you? Because I know that you, like you, I, I close my eyes periodically. I think you have your eyes closed a lot longer in readings generally than I do. But what, what are phone readings like for you when you can't see someone? I always ask for a photograph if we're just going to do a phone. Oh, you do? Yeah. Sometimes, oh. um, sometimes they have a bad connection, you know, or, you know, a situation might come up i have done them with like no visual like nothing whatsoever and it was fine and i got through it but yeah it's not my favorite it makes me feel yeah. like i'm walking through a dark room it, it just feels like a little bit more challenging not that i think it's bad exactly. but uh yeah if i'm gonna do it on the phone i'll at least request like a photograph of them um and i glance at it once it's not like i stare at it the whole mm -hmm. time because you know, like you said my eyes are closed pretty much mm -hmm. the whole time so i don't pay attention a lot to like what they're doing. But sometimes I like the video because I'll use my hands to gesture explaining, you know, the uh, energetic patterns that I'm seeing on people and, and, uh, you know, spatial awareness of like what's going on. I, I will, I might gesture some things. So I kind of prefer to be on video, but. So when you're reading somebody on video or in person, are you picking up on the changes in their auric field with your eyes open, or are you just doing most of that? Eyes oh, closed? sometimes it's both. Like sometimes it's, it's interesting. Like this happened to me just recently where a lot of times my eyes are closed and like, while I'm talking, I might open my eyes just a little, which I try not to do because it pulls me back into the physical dimension where like, if my eyes are closed, it allows me to fully focus my intention into this other dimensional plane where the information is coming. And like the physical dimension can sometimes just be a distraction. But what will happen is when I peek my eye open, it'll be both realities interlaced on top of each other. So sometimes I'll see physical manifestations of things like where that's those moments when people turn into reptilians yeah. and ETs yeah. and like wild shit, you know, but I don't say anything. I just keep going on. But in fact, actually, I had a couple of clients the other day that that kept happening with. I never said anything because I was just kind of in my, you know, direct flow. Uh, but yeah, people will turn into things right before my eyes, like physically. Yeah, that, that's happened to me too. I don't think as often as it happens to you, but I, my eyes are open 90% of the time when I'm reading people. It's just, if I have a little bit of a glitch in the flow, I'll close my eyes to get things a little clearer. That's funny. Cause I'm like, my eyes are closed 90% of the time. <laughs> it's just so opposite sometimes. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, should we dive in and introduce our guest? Yes. I am really excited to introduce uh, my good friend, Jana. Jana is an amazing spiritual ally, friend, and a partner these days. Um, her and I have been working together uh, with the plant medicine and doing women's retreats under the name Plant Sound Immersion. 
She has been a friend of mine for 14 years. She's been a closer friend of mine in the last decade and even closer still day by day as I get to know and understand her more and the wonderful and profound gifts that she has as a medium. It's been a real inspiration and and she's been an incredible teacher to me. Jana, I would consider to be one of the most fluid mediums that I know, but she works with her mediumship in what spiritism is. And so, as I said earlier, spiritism is incorporating spirits and communicating with spirits in a variety of methods. And through her lineages, she has really learned a lot and it's profound and sort of mind blowing every time she reveals to me more and more about that path and really showing me an example of like how far we can actually go as mediums and in our communications with what is beyond. So I'm very excited to introduce Jana Nicole. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, Patty. It's such an honor to be here with you ladies today. So exciting. Okay, Johnny, I think I'll start with a really basic question. Now, what is mediumship? Mediumship is many different things. In the lineage that I've been a student of for many years, there's many different forms of mediumship and different clairvoyances. So mediumship affects our physical body, our ethereal body. And there's many different senses that we have that we use within our clairvoyances, such as clairvisual, clairaudio, uh, different mediums are able to incorporate others channel energies the mediumships the mediums who incorporate also um, can communicate with the ancestors or spirits that have passed they can work in charity to help and usher spirits that are in need um, there's also different forms of mediumship such as in the arts music and visual arts in the writing arts where different mediums they use their instrument or what we call in portuguese our aparelho in order to channel um, the vibrations of healing currents or unhealing, unhealed currents that also need prayer and attention and to channel messages and all different forms of uh, communication. So mediumship is also just a way that we learn to communicate on more sensitive forms with the spiritual world and within nature and how we also transmit those energies into the world and into the spiritual world, into the ethers as well. So Jana, could you give us a little bit of a background about how you discovered your spiritual path and how that opened up for you and how that eventually segued into you working on your own mediumship? Let's just call it like working on my own portal, I guess you can say <laughs> also. Um, a portal being saying that, you know, working with my own channel, with my aparelio, with my instrument, and the different ways that I've been um, developing and cleaning and doing my own self uh, transformation and work as well. The very first contact with um, actual spirit mediumship that I had, um, that was a that was a conscious contact happened uh, when I was about 19 years old. Now, earlier than that, I, I do know that my spiritual guides, my um, angels and other spirits that were connected to me through my ancestry were working with me through my childhood, through my youth, through my infancy. And but it wasn't until many years later that I understood that level of the spirit of the spiritual realm. So in my first conscious uh, connection that I had uh, with the spirit, I was about 19, like I said, and during that time, I was already really deeply on my spiritual path. 
And so I was meditating every day. I was praying a lot. I was doing my best to eat well and to, you know, gain spiritual insight into different traditions and pathways. Um, so at that time, I was living in the upstate New York Omega Institute, and I was working there. And they have all different classes that are for the, the staff that works there. And there was a man that was teaching about the Ascended Masters. And he talked about the Ascended Masters, how channels, how channels would receive messages from the Ascended Masters and work with their spiritual guides. And it's something like in the lineage of St. Germain and the Violet Flame, which there's hundreds of different books that have been transcribed from different mediums that are out there, you know, accessible to people that are um, looking for those pathways on their spiritual path. So when I was meditating in the mornings, I started to pray and to ask, it's like, well, if I have a guide, can you can you show me? Can you talk to me? And I was listening and the spirit began to present herself to me. And I didn't know much about much, but she told me her name was Iona. And I, at that time I was kind of in a question about a lot of things in my life. And I said, what, what is the direction that I'm supposed to be doing in my life? And she said, you need to move to Hawaii. And so I was like, well, I lived on the East Coast. This, I was in upstate New York. I'm from Miami. And I thought it was kind of crazy. Um, and so I, I went to the man that was teaching, you know, and sharing about the Ascended Masters. And I told him about my experience. And he said, you definitely have to move to Hawaii. You know, it's for you to go to Hawaii. And I was like, I don't know. I was young. I was 19. I was, uh, my family lived on the East Coast. I didn't really know anybody in Hawaii. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to, to pray and to ask and to see what, you know, what comes. And so actually that day, um, there was a brand new meditation center that was inaugurated and built at the Omega Institute. And it was uh, opened by the very famous Buddhist monk, um, Thich Nhat Hanh. And so I went up there at night and I prayed and I asked, you know, if this was the answer for me to go to Hawaii to give me a sign. And in the morning before I woke up, I had a very powerful dream. And in this dream, I teletransported to a place that actually exists. It's known as Kealakekua Bay on the Big Island. And I had never been there before, but now I've been a resident in Hawaii for 26 years. And I know that this place exists and it was the exact same place that I had in my dream. And in my dream, I was going to go to Kauai. I was um, getting ready to catch a plane. And the people were at the foot of the bay and everybody was exclaiming, the dolphins are here, the dolphins are here. And I just jumped into the water and swam out to the dolphins and a dolphin came and beached itself on me uh, tummy to tummy and took me to the middle of the ocean and we were spinning and communicating telepathically about um, divine union and eternity basically infinity and i woke up and there was no doubt for me that i was going to go to hawaii and when i went to when so then from there um i traveled across country and I was very young. I didn't have much money. I hitchhiked from the first time from Oregon to San Francisco, and I caught a one-way ticket to Kauai. And within wow. two months of me being here, I encountered the people that brought me to, which is since, since my spiritual path for the past 26 years, which is the lineage of the Santo Daimi that comes from the Amazon rainforest. And we're a spiritual school that recognizes the science of spiritism. So which is the, the communication, the guidance and the healing of spirits in the lineage of Alan Kardec. Like Alan Kardec is the father of spiritism. So back in the 1800s, uh, spiritualism was very popular in table turning and seances and making objects move and stuff like that. So uh, Alan Kardec was a writer and an educator and he, he kind of doubted those, <laughs> those forces. So he decided to make a study. 
and he compiled over a thousand questions and found a number of different mediums throughout the world. And so basically what ended up happening was that he compiled this, this material from these different mediums over a certain amount of years. And even though these mediums were in different places, the messages that were all coming in were all congruent with each other. And so from that, he created these textbooks, which are basically books on all the different types of mediums, all the different types of mediumships, the different messages that were received. And so in the philosophy of spiritism, which is different than spiritualism, where there's seances, because when they were doing seances in that time, the belief was that they're communicating with the dead and there was no reincarnation. So in spiritism, they do believe in reincarnation and they believe in the evolution of the soul and believe that the spirit, that the souls incarnate many times to work on their own personal evolution. So in the work that we do in spiritism, and why questioning why do we work with spirits you know what's the purpose of working with spirits and the different types of spirits from the more benevolent spirits to the more malevolent spirits and what do we do when the different ones appear and from that there's the base ceremony or ritual which is called the white table work um, is when they do the prayers the invocations for the spiritual guides and spiritual healings and also for you know different spirit um, suffering spirits that show up in order to receive prayer and direction and charity from the mediums that are working. So in the lineage that we work with in, in spiritism is a lineage of charity. It's one that uh, we pray a lot and we're constantly um, working this this uh, pathway for our own benefit and for the benefit of others for our own spiritual development. And so there's other, sometimes spirits, they come and they have a lot of need, you know, um, what to either give their message or to receive healing. And so the mediums are ready to receive them and to transmit whatever is there to transmit. And then the other people that are there in the, in the ceremony or in the space are there to support them and to pray for them and to witness the manifestations. Jonah. Yes. The minute you started talking, something tried to channel. Do you, does your guide like check people out that you're with right off the bat? I almost interrupted <laughs> you. Like I, you know, currently, I, but my, currently my, my, uh, my, uh, see, this is another aspect of, of, I guess you can say my own personal development, you know, because I, I have when I was younger and then I came into this work and I also came into it working with sacred plant medicines, which opens up your channel even way more. No, I wouldn't say way more. I don't want to give prejudice that, you know, that working with sacred plants uh, opens a person's mediumship more than another medium because there's thousands of talented mediums that have never, ever, you know, touched a sacred plant. Sacred plants, they just tend to open us up in a great way. And so, you know, in the beginning, um, I had to really learn to open and close. And that took me many, many, many years because what I found as I progressed on my spiritual path is like, geez, the amount of work that I really had to do, the amount of spiritual cleansing that I had to do. I had beings and energies that were attached to me from my teenage years, from, you know, drugs and alcohol and different things that needed, you know, they needed direction and they needed indoctrination and they needed healing. And that is a lifetime of work. You know, once you, being a medium also is not a personal choice. You can develop your mediumship, um, but most mediums come in already in this incarnation that they're, that they're, this is what they're part of their life work is to be a medium. That's why some people are more sensitive than others. And some people are, are very sensitive and they just, they, they feel too much. So they just totally turn off all their channels because they can't even handle the amount of sensitivity and the energies. So for me, um, 
you know, my guides they, they usually just don't pop in and check out people. Usually when I'm working with my mediumship, um, but maybe you're, you're feeling something that, that I'm not aware of. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah Patty is like super sensitive and <laughs> always picking up on people's spirits, but Patty, what did you yeah. experience? The minute you started talking, a woman showed up before you said you had a woman guide. And when I, when something wants to channel, I get almost like a little bit of an anxiety, shaky kind of thing. Uh And it kept saying, John is rebirthing, John is rebirthing (laughs) over and over and over. And I was like trying to listen to what you said. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to even respond. (laughs) <laughs> so this isn't something that happens to people when they're around you. Well, the, you know, the, it's really interesting because I am going through a huge rebirth that Jude is a huge part of and that she's witnessing right now in my life. And I knew that it was coming, you know, because it's been a number of decades in many different stages that I've been working with in this um, realm of spiritism and mediumship. And the best I could say is, you know, I, I want to be extremely humble about it, you know, because it's something that is really serious business. And it's something that a lot of people are interested in, you know, communicating with spirits and channeling and things like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's mainly safe, but it's also very serious. And I want people to take it seriously also. This work that I've been cultivating and been a student of, you know, Jude was saying that I'm like an expert, but I'm also, I'm mainly a student, um, you know, has been a long time coming and I'm feeling, which Jude is also feeling that all of us, you know, are being called into this time to apply our gifts and, you know, like it or not. And God is pushing through us, you know, to get the message out to the world for the, for the planetary healing that needs to happen. And there are many healing benevolent spirits and guides that are present that are protecting and guiding our world as well, you know, in this chaos that we're in. And there's a lot of spirits and people um, that are in need, you know, that need us and that need our love and need us to evolve, you know, and so it's a, it's a humanity in general is going through a huge evolution. And I think that the call is, is now. And um, with total humility, you know, I accept this mission. And I think I make my life a little bit extra chaotic just to challenge God in a little bit. Like, is this what you really want? (laughs) (laughs) No, I find it interesting because, Patty, I know how sensitive you are. And your channels are always open. And I am not shocked at all or surprised that you picked up on Jana's spirits and her guides because I have been a witness to some of the wild energy that this woman has the ability to connect with and doing it so fluidly and with such eloquence. Like there had been times that I've seen her channel spirits or or communications from beyond or whoever or whatever she's getting them from. And it brings you to like such sincere reverence and knowing that these messages that are coming through are coming from such a place of truth and wisdom that it brings you to tears. It brings you to your knees and to witness her doing it. And I've known Jana for 14 years and we've been probably closer for the last 10 years and even closer in the last few years. And I have never known those parts of Jana until we stepped into doing spiritual work with each other. And not only in witnessing Jana do this amazing work, but the other women like Anna Maria, like um, this woman, Cedis, bringing in these channelings of spirits in such a way that is like, to me, masterful, even though you say you're a student, but I have never seen people 
channel with such clarity and such fluidity and to be a witness of it is like honestly like it's it's like magnificent to witness and being a witness to them doing those works as mediums has opened up channels in myself and you know patty you and i have done a podcast in the past on channeling i think it was titled channeling and i know that you and i were totally on two different ends of the spectrum where i was like a hell no don't want it stay away big gaps between me and whatever else wants to communicate <laughs> and patty i've seen her channel i've seen spirits incorporate in her and i the first time it ever happened it was like so wild and spooked me out but um i got it and i understood it and she has a different perspective of it patty jonna can explain to us like the different forms of mediumship like when you have incorporated a spirit before my question to you patty is do you have awareness or conscious awareness of you being present in your body or do you feel outside of your body or do you not even remember what happens like i'm curious about your perspective when you've actually incorporated a spirit that's a good question so i have a physical sense first they show up just like when you're reading somebody you might their guides might show up you might there's just an awareness that there's something around me or something in the room. And I think that's what I was picking up on Jana is it, it, it's really distracting. And then I start feeling a sensation it comes in usually in the back of my head, almost of a, a, like a, a specific vibration, like wanting to come in and it doesn't really totally match my vibration. So it feels foreign and, and really different. Like before it even enters, I know it's there because it's a totally different vibration. Mm -hmm. And then as it comes in, I usually start kind of shaking and, and kind of moving around a little bit. And then once it comes through that, that usually will, well, not always, sometimes it'll stop. Sometimes it keeps going. And I have an awareness of my physical body, but it's almost as if I've stepped aside and something is talking through me. So even when my mouth is moving, my mouth will feel different. Like it doesn't feel like my own mouth. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, in the spiritist philosophy, you know, like I was saying, there's different types of mediumships and there's different types of mediums. Um, and as I was saying, you know, some people who are mediums, which we all are mediums, but the people that are more developed mediums, oftentimes they come incarnated already with this mission. And so being a medium is a lot like a, being a musician. I guess you can say, you know, some people are born naturally being a talented musician. They don't have to take a music lesson. They just pick up the musical instrument and they know how to play it. And they become these amazing composers and musicians. But anybody can learn to compose a song and anybody can learn to play a musical instrument. And so much like that with our instrument and our mediumship also. So mediums can channel and express their mediumship in many different ways. And the mediums who incorporate that already have a natural initiative to incorporate, some of them just feel it very close by and the spirit is just right there. And some mediums receive the spirit or the energy completely in their body and there's still a conscious awareness, but they feel the sensations of the spirit, like that spirit is thirsty or they're hungry or they're angry or they're feeling good and you could feel that. And then there's some mediums that completely leave and their body is completely taken over by another spirit. And so um, there's all those different levels of expression of just the, the the mediums who incorporate and the different classifications that we have within spiritism also. So your, your expression is to what we 
no is is actually just like textbook you know for us of mediumships of mediums who incorporate that's fascinating now jude and i i always think of mediumship like if someone comes in for reading the mediumship part is me connecting with their loved ones on the other side generally mm -hmm. yes and jude and i have done that in the past now this is when we're working one-on-one -on -one with someone <clears throat> when you are doing mediumship and you said that you're doing it for yourself but also to benefit others are are spirits coming through to do a healing for the group that you're with? Are they passing on messages through you that you're passing on to people? Are they passing through songs that you're using to help heal? I'm just curious mm -hmm. how it manifests for you in your work. Um, many different ways, you know, one is, you know, being fully incorporated. Sometimes the, they are transmitting a group vibration or an individual healing, you know, that's being transmitted through either my voice or my message or through my touch or my movement. I haven't really received too much song or music, you know, uh, within my mediumship. Uh, when I incorporate, it's usually like, you know, hard to contain in my body. And so that's something that I'm also really working on. I get a little wild in order for, for the, those vibrations to, to come through. Um, I don't really work in the realms of, uh, incorporating people's spiritual guides or their ancestors, but sometimes I do receive messages and I have intuitions about what is going on with the person, like whether it might be a spirit that's, you know, um, that's disturbing them and that's why they're having this imbalance or maybe it's a physical illness or maybe it's something that is within their daily life that they need to cleanse and to let go. So sometimes there's messages that might come that way or I know about it in my mind's eye, but I'm also very discerning you know, because it's uh, things in the spiritual world are 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 pretty serious. Yeah. So when if a person's not asking me uh, for a certain amount of advice, I just don't offer it because I believe that everybody's also connected to their spiritual guides. Everybody has their spiritual guides. Everybody has their angels. We can follow the spiritist philosophy that can lead us in the direction of how we can connect with that. Um, and I believe that when a person's on the spiritual path and that they're asking for their own trans transformation and their own awareness that creator mother earth our ancestors our guides our angels and the beneficial spirits will conduct us in the right way and sometimes people they they need a medium right that's what a medium is right you come right in the middle of that and we're able to trans transmit those things but sometimes when i'm working with a group of 30 people i might see things or feel things in my heart or my mind's eye through my own personal mediumship but unless there's a doorway for me to directly transmit it to the person i just make the prayer and the awareness that they're they're also going to receive it depending you know um depending on their merit because it's like in the spiritual world things are not for free you know it's not just like we can say oh heal me oh show me you know you have to you have to ask for it you have to work for it and that's part of our own moral development you know you can't uh, expect to be healed and go around treating people like shit you know and it's like basically in the spiritist philosophy our evolution is about you know how we can refine our own kindness our own sensitivity our own charity our own goodwill towards humanity it's um how a soul develops is is a, on a, a moral standard actually of right and wrong and there's some really basic things i mean it's like you know we know the difference between right and wrong and i think that it's a, a for each person in our soul we all have our own internal battles of refining ourselves, and the spirits can help us and show us you know where 
we can find our strength in order to navigate our way through some of those tunnels of the lower realms that we question our own karmas and the direction of our soul. And so um, that's, that's a big part of it. Would you mind, since I have not been to one of your ceremonies, uh-huh. would you mind walking us through what your part is and what somebody might expect from you or hear from you or watch and how that comes through to you physically and energetically? Uh, well, you know, it's it's very interesting and it's part of going um, into one of the questions that or references that Jude made about, you know, coming into this new portal that's being created through plant sound immersion, uh, which is a work that I was receiving for the past three years that we began to manifest last year and which was most definitely channeled work um, and a, a prescription or a recipe or an agenda for the ceremonies that were conducting implant sound immersion where I'm applying all these years of um, participating within different types of ceremonies that invoke spirits and that work with spiritism. So within the lineage of the Santo Daime, we have a syncretic connection to the Afro-Brazilian lineage of Umbanda. Umbanda is an Afro-Brazilian tradition, culture, lineage that is also syncretic, a mix of different traditions that mixes the work of the Yoruba tradition of the African Orishas and the knowledge that came over with the slaves from Africa to the east coast of Brazil. It's a mix of Catholicism because they had to uh, hide their, uh, their reverence and their worship of their deities who are the African Orishas that represent the different powers of nature and the different faces of nature. And it also connects with spiritism, which is the the tradition or the lineage that I was speaking of, of Alan Kardec. So the root tradition of uh, Umbanda is also Candomblé, which is the, the, the root of all of these traditions that came into this mix into Brazil when the slaves brought this knowledge of their ancestors over to Brazil. So within Umbanda, um, they do their own ceremonies of invocation, working with the different lineages of spirits and spiritual guides of the African Orishas. So they do what we call a shamada and a calling, and we sing for the presence of the Orishas and for the different lineages of spirits that are connected to them. And it's a very beautiful ceremony. It's often out side and we're barefoot and everybody's in all white and the drums are all going and it's very root chakra and very indigenous and as they begin to make the shamada and the calling for the spirits the different mediums incorporate and they channel the work of the orishas and they're kind of in the middle of the circle and they do their the work that they came to do whether it became to cleanse or it came to pray or to manifest themselves or to do healings on people or to dance and to create and generate the vibrations that come within the powers of the african Orishas and the different lineages of spirits that they work with. Some of the lineages are the caboclos, which are the spirits of the indigenous spirits of the land, uh, more native spirits, the spirits of the pretovarios, who are the spirits of slaves that suffered really deeply when they were on the earth because they were enslaved and through their suffering that they were able to transcend suffering and they work on the spiritual side as oracles and they incorporate within the mediums and they're very wise oracles that have very profound offer very profound healings. I've had some very life-changing spiritual healings uh, working with a preto verio from with another medium. There's also the spirits of the children that um, 
our different children that were our enlightened beings that were on earth that also work in the spiritual realm. And so the mediums incorporate the spirits of these children and they bring a lot of joy and a lot of happiness and self-direction. So we feel as mediums, it's a lot about feeling, you know, feeling the vibrations of these powers. And so in that ceremony, that's one of the ceremonies that um, I, I work with and that I've worked with. In the Santo Daimi tradition, we have a number of different types of healing works that we have different shamadas and callings and different times during that work. Um, the work, when I say work, is a kind of like a ceremony, you know, um, where we do the callings of the spiritual guides, of the angels and the archangels, and mediums can incorporate these energies, incorporate these spirits, and sometimes in the work that we do, suffering beings arrive, they incorporate into the mediums and to be prayed upon or to be given sacrament, you know, in the rainforest, we work with the Santa Sacrament of the Santa Diaby, which is ayahuasca. And so we have a whole blessing with our sacrament to help the spirits in their own evolution that they come and they ask for the sacrament when they come and they drink through the medium in order for them to have the holy beverage to help their own enlightenment of their soul. Um, so that's at the root of the base of these different ceremonies, both in the Santo Daimi and the different works that we do. We do um, in the Santo Daimi, we also do the work of the white table, which is one of the tradition work, traditional works of the work of spiritism of Alan Kardec. And we do the white table in connection with the plant sacraments also. And so we do a different work that's called a star work, uh, which is another type of healing work where we have different healing invocations as well. And so for me, um, you know, when, you know, like I said, sometimes uh, I have my, my instrument or my aparelio is open to receive, and sometimes it's closed, and sometimes you just don't have a choice. In the beginning, I didn't have much choice of being open or closed. I was just open. So whatever was going to come through was going to come through. And we don't really have a choice, like, you know, at certain points in those develop in that level of a development, like, or at least I didn't, you know, whether I was going to pick up a, or receive, I should say, a, a healing spirit, an enlightened spirit, a benevolent spirit, or a suffering spirit. So I, I channeled a lot of suffering spirits actually <laughs> and uh had to to really work in those lower realms and and for some people that's embarrassing yeah they're like oh hey you picked up that energy and like it did this or that or said this or that and that's part of the initiatory in order for me to to really get to those levels you just have to let go of what anybody else is going to think you know when those spirits come and they manifest um and as we begin to sometimes uh different guides will come from different places connected either connected with our ancestors or different realms of existence that are connected with us and we start to work with that guide or with that spirit and create a certain level of indoctrination because the spirits don't really know how to conduct themselves sometimes like on earth <laughs> depending on where they're coming from so in order for us to kind of balance out that communication with the earth realm we have to work with that spirit in order to be able to kind of refine the energies and the transmission for that spirit to be able to work on earth and for those presences to also be received because like working with indigenous spirits and stuff sometimes they can come in they be really 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 wild and throws people off like a distraction and then they might not get the message so it's like we have we work with the spirits so that they can manifest through us and transmit beautiful messages because they're just because it's wild or just because it's like this or that we don't want to necessarily label it bad we want to work with the energies that are present you know i've been working with jana with the this women's work with plant sound immersion um working within the lineage of the santo daime and learning so much about my own mediumship through this process 
And I can tell you after having done four of them now, um, the, the second day of the ceremonies, Jana does this invocation, right? It's like a calling of the Orishas and the spirits. And I myself have witnessed the slaves and I've witnessed the children and I've witnessed the Orishas come in. And not only that, but I've heard the testimony of the other women in the group also experiencing these spirits in different forms coming through and multiple people even witnessing the same thing. It's super powerful and it shows you how to be comfortable with seeing spirits you know and it's like something that you learn in that space that once you leave that space in your normal every day you are sort of like attuned in a way or calibrated in a way to be able to experience and communicate with spirits even better after doing the work with the sacred plants now for me i had this experience we had just done one plant sound immersion in in costa rica and on the first day ceremony of the work i was visited by one of my guides and they told me that i would incorporate a spirit and that it would be good for me and they basically asked me permission because they knew that i had a hell no <laughs> door guardian around me that was like don't ever step into my body it ain't happening but um this spirit had come to me and and asked me my permission and they said it would happen soon and that it would be good for me and so the very next ceremony, and I wasn't expecting it to happen, um, this spirit incorporated. And it was nothing like what I expected it to be. I, I thought I was going to see like a spirit come up to me and like knock on my forehead and say, hey, I'm going to jump in, you know, something like that. But that's <laughs> totally not what happened. Um, what happened was it was like a surge of energy had like come and gathered out of the earth, out of everywhere. And it just started pouring through me. And then before I knew it, I was in it. So there was no choice or choosing, or there was no preparation. It was just suddenly an awareness that like my voice and my body was no longer mine. And I was acting or reacting in a way um, to these energies that were sort of overwhelming me. And I started kind of hooting and hollering and throwing my body around. And to the outsider, I imagine that must have been like alarming and <laughs> um, maybe frightening. Um, but for me as an experiencer, it was like the most purifying and powerful and almost explosive energy that came from the very depth core of my being and exploded out and with that took all of the like sticky icky like energies that were sort of suffocating me in that moment and so i understood that particularly for me when the spirit had incorporated it was coming in to clean these energies and transmute the energies instantly so i didn't have to like sit there and suffer through like feeling all of this intensity after the being left me um, I was basked in this like beautiful pearlescent like velvet rainbow glow and I was sort of catapulted into this very high dimension with an awareness of these very high spirits that were around me. So I knew it was very good and very healing. But Jana, I have to ask you, like, I know you've seen and witnessed so much over the last 20 some years of being in this space. And I know that you've been in the presence of like mediums that I, you would consider, I think, masterful in that process. Can you give any little bit of insight as to like, like what that may have been or, you know, for me, when I've seen you in CDs and, and um, Ana Maria incorporate spirits, you speak a language that is understandable you don't scream and shout and 
but we have. <laughs> okay. So I'm just curious if you could give a little insight into that. Well, that, you know, it seems for me, completely normal experience, <laughs> actually. Um, you know, a lot of times when we're receiving these energies, they make us shake and they we move our bodies. You know, those frequencies are coming through. They're palpable. They're strong. And a lot of times, you know, they don't even speak our language. You know, they might speak a different language or a language of light, you know. And so what I try to pay attention and what I, what I do pay attention to is just like identifying the frequency that I'm working with, you know? So it's like, you know, how does it feel when it's coming through? Does it feel good? Does it feel questionable? But knowing that we're always safe, you know, there's no um, need to have fear that something's going to stay on you or that experience is going to last forever if it's unpleasant um, or if it's embarrassing, you know, humility is the way of this work. So you have to be completely humble and surrendered in order to like really carry it out. And I think that that's something, one of the reasons why, you know, uh, plant sound immersion has been birthed is because we're creating this really safe, sacred space where we're doing this very intimate work together and creating the space for the people who are channels to open themselves up and to receive these, um, I don't want to say heavier, but let's say powerful forces, you know, that manifest when we do these ancient callings um, of these omnipotent, infinite powers of nature of the African Odishas and the spiritual lineages that go back for ancestors upon ancestors and upon ancestors. And so um, when we start to work on different levels of mediumship, things are, 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 uh, are new and we're learning. And that's part of it all is that, you know, we're constantly in this place of learning more. There's no like plateau of like, yes, I, I know it all. And I know everything, the amount of knowledge and wisdom that exists in the universe, the trends, it's like so multi-layered. So as we're starting off on new things, you know, there's a lot of new experiences. And then after a while they become, the more we practice and the more we work with that, then they become more familiar and we begin to have a greater understanding. And sometimes a person can come that has more experience and be like, you know, textbook, this is what's happening and stuff. But then, you know, as we have these experiences, like the codes that are being transmitted are also working within us as well. And then we're developing those different levels of, of self-knowledge as we're working with our spiritual guides and we have a better understanding as through we have more experiences of how to do that. So, I mean, I've definitely, I've fallen on the floor, I've screamed, I've talked in different languages, I've did things that are also strange. And I've worked with these other amazing mediums such as, you know, Maria Lise and Ana Maria and Vaishinya and in the lineage of Padrino Sebastian. And, you know, the, the spirits come in many different ways. Sometimes they come with a very serious message. It's not, you know, you just think of a benevolent spirit, like, oh, they're coming. It's all love and light and channeling all this beauty. And it's not always like that. Sometimes they're coming, you know, and bringing down the hammer and being like, yo, people, get yourself together. This is the time of human evolution. You can't, can't be effing around anymore. And so that's part of like, you know, the power of the transmission is what they come. And sometimes they come with so much compassion because people, you know, oftentimes, you know, when they're doing a spiritist session, like a traditional one, like um, in the line of Alan Kardec or in the Daimi, different people that have illnesses, that different have different life issues that need help. They come to these sessions in order for the spirits to come and to help them, to help their families and to receive help as well. That's beautiful. Okay, Jude, I have a question for you. 
So we spoke um, in our channeling episode about when we were in Mount Shasta and the Lemurians were coming to channel. And that was when you were like a hell no. Can you, and, and you blocked it right away. Can you tell me what was different about this one? Why? I mean, did you not consciously unblock it? Did it just come through? How did it feel different? I'm just curious what the difference is this time. I think the fact that I had this conversation with my guide beforehand that calmed all my nerves right before, before I kind of knew it was coming. I just didn't know when and how and what that would look like. So as soon as I caught on that, that was what was happening. I surrendered and just let it be because I had already prepared or been prepared to receive the spirit. But, um, what I've realized in hindsight now is that this spirit or spirits have been trying to incorporate with me for probably a couple of years now but every single time it would start i go into this like oh hell no like what's happening and i start clenching up and i start resisting and i get freaked out and then i'm trying to push away this experience that's trying to come through me because i have no idea what it is it's not like i saw like i said a, a disembodied person come to me and tell me they're manifesting through me it would be like this energy this surge this vibration that would start taking over me and um, i would start breathing heavy and panting and then i would be like hunched over and i'd almost start losing control and then i would get it together you know i would pull myself back together and then i would stop it and so what i've realized now that this has happened is that this was always trying to happen i just wasn't ready and i I wasn't allowing it. So at the end of the day, I think the lesson to this is, is that we have some level of control and there is some level of surrender that probably needs to happen and allow to allow these spirits to come through. And um, yeah, I think that was what was a little bit different this time. Interesting. And John, I have a question for you. Sure. You both have used the word incorporate. Uh-huh. Does that mean channel? And then also just to clarify for our listeners, mediumship is not necessarily channeling. Do you see them as one in the same or do you see them as two separate things? I, I see them as two separate things. Channeling is a part of mediumship. We're all channels to a degree and some people are not. Some people, you know, want to close their channels because they don't want to feel different frequencies or feel too much. Sometimes we even believe that, you know, different aspects of schizophrenia and mental illness, you know, is also attributed to an imbalance of a person's own mediumship. Um, and so to answer your question about uh, incorporation is one kind of mediumship and there's many ways to channel, you know, so you can channel in many different forms, you know, some people like do Reiki, so you're channeling energy through Reiki and some people channel um, because they hear and so they are clear, clear audio and they're able to hear spirits and they're able to hear messages, but they don't necessarily receive that spirit into their body, so to speak. Um, there's different mediums who channel and they do different writings, but they don't necessarily channel the whole being and totally black out and there's a, a spirit coming through there's more of like a conscious aspect. Um, and just our, our different levels of sensitivity and clairvoyances, you know, is the development of our own mediumship, but that doesn't always necessarily involve channeling, so to speak. And then, you know, uh, like Jude was saying, you know, to, to degree, um, depending on our, our, each person's individual path, you know, uh, we might have the choice or the discernment of whether or not we want to receive a spirit in incorporation. And then I know many mediums, 
you know, that suffered really greatly as children, because there was energies that were disturbing them and their, you know, needed a lot of help. And it was hard for them as children in order to get a hold on their mediumship and to develop their mediumship. And so they came to like either a spiritist uh, school or to a school of Umbanda, where people were able to work with those energies and help to guide them and help them as young as children and adolescents in order to develop their own channel and their mediumship so that they were not completely bombarded and perturbed um, all the time. And so that's just another example of the manifestations that can lead to different mental imbalances and emotional imbalances and how our, you know, fine tuning and understanding our own mediumship can help also to bring us into a greater well-being of our self-knowledge and uh, walk within this life as well. I have a question, Janet. So within your lineages, is it common for people to work with specific spirits over and over and over again? Or is a medium just a medium that's going to be open to whatever, whenever, however? Do you have like a long standing relationship? I think you've even said to me, like, sometimes they come, sometimes they go, maybe new ones will come through. Would you explain a little bit of that? Okay, so yes, it is common that in the lineage of Umbanda and in spiritism that uh, there are different uh, spirits that are spiritual guides, um, let's say, uh, on the more benevolent realm and maybe on the malevolent realm that have a spiritual affinity with us that we work with um, our entire life. And that's a total uh, development between a relationship between that spiritual guide and the medium or the aparelio. There's also other spirits that can manifest if you're in a work where there's a shamada or a calling that's being made for spirits that you can interact with, that you might have an interaction with during that session or maybe at home even. That's just like a, a passing interaction that happens just at one time or a few times. And then maybe you don't feel, really feel that energy around anymore. It, you already served its purpose and went on its way. Um, and in the Umbanda and Spiritism philosophy, uh, they talk often about this like astral hospital uh, that's like up in the astral that the spirits, when they need to uh, receive healing for their own evolution, that they go to in order to be prepared for their next incarnation. So sometimes those mediums uh, will receive some of those spirits in order for them to be prayed and wished well and directed and prepared so that they can make it up into that hospital so and then sometimes we have uh, for myself i can say you know some spirits that come from our long ancestry our ancestor spirits um that aren't always bright and shiny yeah sometimes they have lots of scars and uh pain also that stay with us in this lifetime that we're constantly working with and constantly sending light to and giving love to and helping them in their own evolution and then maybe one day they 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 go someplace else or work with other things, other people. So, but one thing I want to say is that with some of the larger um, entities of the astral, of the spiritual guides, what we'll find in spiritism is often there'll be many different mediums throughout the world that also work with that same spirit and with that same energy. So it's not always like a just so personal to us because there have these like astral doctors and these healing spirits and these angels and these spiritual guides that are working planetarily through spiritism and through mediums and through the communication and the transmission of their message for the help and healing of humanity. And that's the whole purpose of why we're doing this work. Yeah. Is to help others and to help all the souls of the planet. 
And the particular work that we do in the Santo Daimi, um, every Monday, and the first Monday especially of the month is dedicated just to pray for the souls. So we have a, a special hour that we pray a certain amount of prayers and sing certain songs in order to create charity for, just for spirits that are in need. And so it's part of our ritual of our spiritual path to separate a time out of our day to pray for people and for spirits that are in need and for the evolution. And that's part of the work of charity that we're doing. We're not just showing up on the time that it's time to do the invocation. It's part of our daily life to consider this reality on the earth and to give our part as much as possible in order to continue to channel the light for those in need. See, this is what I mean by I find this so fascinating that there's so many components to mediumship and how that works. Like just even the idea of what I just learned right now is that there's like these grand spirits that work through many different mediums all over the world, you know, as as a portal to come through whenever, wherever, however, like that concept didn't even occur to me. But yeah, it makes so much sense that that would totally be a thing that that sounds correct to me. Well, that's at the base, you know, of the truth of the, this books that Alan Kardec compiled, which is the um, decodification of mediums and spirits, uh, because he was a skeptic. And so he worked with all these mediums that were around the world and sent out all these questions. And the messages that came back from these mediums that didn't even know each other, they were all congruent with each other. Mm -hmm. And so from that compiled information, uh, he created this login of information available to us about what these spirits had said and it's just a, a manifestation of confirmation that this is a real thing because it's not like they're just uh, one person said one thing and the other person said another thing this happened over many years and it continues to happen i know personally uh different mediums that uh, are my teachers and the people that had come before me um, that work with spirits um, and some of those spirits are connected to all of us. For example, um, one of my main teachers, Mother Baishinya, my Baishinya, uh, she since passed away um, some years ago, but she was my original mother of saints in Umbanda. And she had been an incorporation medium since she was 13 years old, working with her spiritual guide, who is Kaboklo Tumpinamba. And he was the spirit of the king of the tribe of Tumpinamba, which is since extinct in the Amazon. And so Kaboko Tumpinamba was a very beautiful entity. And in his presence, you know, I personally have received much insight and healing. And his oversoul, I guess I guess you want to say, you know, is so vast that all of us can connect with Kaboko Tumpinamba. We don't really need to be his medium that we invoke that that incorporates him in order to feel his presence or to call him our spiritual guide. So anytime we can also invoke the power of Kaboko Tumpinamba and he manifests for us, giving us protection, giving us guidance, giving us healing and showering us with the blessings of the vibrations of the forest and the astral. Could you share with us like one of the stories you shared with me about somebody in your lineage incorporating like a, a doctor or something like that to be able to help, even though they had no knowledge of being a doctor, or knowing these certain things, or even being able to speak certain, certain languages that they would have no reference for before and being able to do great work. So one of the great grandfathers of our lineage of the, um, or godfathers of our lineage of the Santo Daime is Bajirin Sebastião Motajimelo. 
And he also learned from the time when he was uh, 13 years old about uh, the Spiritist doctrine. And he grew up in a very remote part of the rainforest. Um, he wasn't like an indigenous Indian, uh, is what, what they call the Caboclo uh, culture, which are the people that are the mix of the African and the white and the indigenous. And they live in very poor communities alongside of the river. And his mother was, uh, was mentally ill. And a man came and taught him about spiritism from a young age. And he began to incorporate some of these astral doctors and grew to be kind of like the local medicine man, spiritist healer, you know, because they didn't have doctors or anything in, in the region where he lived. So when people needed healing or they needed help, uh, they would come to Padrino Sebastião and he would open his uh, white table session, incorporate these doctors and work on the people and give them healings. And there's even very beautiful stories of, for example, women that were in labor um, that were dying in labor and he would actually channel a midwife and turn the baby and bring the baby out um, so that's just you know one of some of the examples of uh, that we have within our lineage and our legacy uh, by herself she's very special she's so beautiful uh, by means shorty in Portuguese and she was super tiny and she was cross-eyed she had one eye went one way and the other way and there's a really famous story about uh, she went in twice to, to get her eye operated so that she wouldn't be cross-eyed. And the doctor's hand would move so much he couldn't do her. And so she just left it. That's how it is, you know? And that was part of her mediumship of that, that she saw in these different directions as well. Yeah. And uh, one of the most powerful healings I, I have to say that I received, I'd love to share the story, was with um, one of our Madrinas in our Umbandami line, one of the, the pioneers of our work, um, Maria Lise, and she's also the creator of the Flower Essence line. And um, so my very first time to the rainforest, I brought in there all my baggage. Whenever you, whenever I go there, I always feel like I'm carrying like a, a ton of bricks with me, all the baggage, all my life baggage, everything that, you know, the very first time there, I was like, woo, okay. It was young, 20 years old, and it was during a Jira. And they started to call the Preto Vedos, which are the spirits of the slaves. And the Orisha that's connected with the Preto Vedos is Obaluaye. He's the father of the underworld and works with the very deep suffering spirits. And he's the father of the Preto Vedos also. And so they started to call Obaluaye. And all of a sudden, I started to get really, really, really weak. And I was like, uh, I was sitting kind of like on a, a log on the on the ground, you know, we're, we're all outside in the forest in nature. And there's like a big circle and people are standing and clapping and singing or s sitting. And I just got so weak. I started to put, I was like, I'm just going to put my face into the dirt. Like it was just the spirit that was coming through me. And I was like, started to put my face down into the dirt. And uh, one of the guardians who were the helpers, they came up and Maria Elise was fully incorporated with her Preta Velha, uh, Vovo Rosa, Grandmother Rosa um, at that time. And she called for me over there. And she, she's, the Preta Velhas, when they, when they incorporate in their mediums, they're very hunched over and they're old and they, they're kind of like, you know, they, they, they show themselves in that way, you know, because they suffered so much in their physical body. So when they manifest through the, the mediums, they, they often show signs of, you know, what they carried on earth. And so she held my hand and with her other hand, she was working on somebody else. And she asked me psychically, what's wrong? And I just started crying and crying and, and I transmitted all of the pain. Everything I had, had came through my hand and went to her. It was all happening psychically between myself and Vovo Rosa that was incorporated in Maria Elise. And Maria Elise was, was working on another person while this was happening with her other hand. And then she finished with that person 
and she asked for this bowl of flowers to be brought over and she started to clean my hands and she started to clean my eyes with these flowers and in with the flowers and with the transmission of the medium the love of the divine mother was transmitted through her to me washing away the tears of my pain and giving me comprehension of the suffering that was coming to me from other lifetimes that was at that moment being aware to me of why I was suffering and what had happened. And that was when I also received one of the first incorporation experiences that I have after shortly after that within that session, I also received the spirit to, a spirit of a Caboclo for the first time. And uh, it was a, a major initiation for me of the potency and the potential of the manifestations of spirits through mediums. So I would like to know, Jana, how does being a medium affect you in your personal life outside of the work you do for the church? Huh, you know, I could say there's definitely through from from when I first became initiated into this work um, and to where I am now, uh, it's gotten easier. Uh, I definitely went through many years of becoming self-aware. Yeah. So we start to become aware of the energies that are with us and like, oh my God, you know, what do I do with this? And it takes so much to, to clear it, you know, to understand it, to evolve from it. And I think that, you know, as I've pursued in my spiritual work, um, I've been able to clean my channel to a certain degree. I'm not spotless, you know, I'm human. I make mistakes, I have crazy thoughts, you know, like all of us do at different times. Um, but it's gotten a lot easier. And the thing about it uh, is we become less afraid and more trusting of where we are. I've, I feel like um, surrender and faith, it's not like something that's like outside of ourselves. It's a place that we, we have to come into and, and to be. So we get, get really worked up about what we don't know and what's what's going on and how these energies are bombarding me and it's all da, 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 da. And so we're like, okay, let's just let it go and trust everything's gonna be okay. I'm already protected, I'm already saved, I'm already guided. And there's in every path, there's gonna be times that navigation is hard. There's high seas and there's low seas. And it's like that on the spiritual path. It's like that being a medium. And so, you know, there's some people that it's very challenging and that maybe they never master it in this life, you know? And I think that a lot of it, and I don't know if I'm ever gonna master it either, but the key of it all is having self-love and being able to, um, for me anyways, uh, to be more loving and compassionate to myself and instead of resisting, uh, being able to have compassionate for what's in need and what's pained and what needs healing and approach that with a lot of humility. And the more consistent I've been through that work and also working with loving kindness, being kind to others, having forgiveness, having charity, balancing those aspects within my life, you know, um, has put me into a, a more relaxed aspect of dealing with my mediumship that if something happens it's you know it's okay um if something appears in my field that doesn't feel right hey that's okay too it's going to pass i'm not going to attach too much ideas onto it so that it velcros to me it can come it can go you know and life is is about a lot of passages and being a medium you're in between those passages right so there's things that are passing through us and there's some things that stick around for a really long time you know so with that we have to just have a lot of calmness and a lot of grace and so i think that that's been a big aspect of my mediumship uh, development is having a uh 
more calmness and always developing my level of calmness. And so even when things come in and they're very intense inside, I can can just be calm and let things happen and and go on and my guides and creator is always there for me, you know, and that I'm very, very strong and connected with that. But of course, there's years I didn't even know God on that intimate level or my guides on the intimate level, but they were still working with me. And so that's the thing that I say to people that, you know, if you're doubting your spiritual guides or who is God or, you know, your angels and things like that, even if you don't know them, they know you, you know, so it's like just we can start to develop like that idea that we don't need to necessarily be tangible with our understanding and our feeling of these things of these spirits or these guides, these energies, that they are already working with us and guiding us and working within our subconscious. And sometimes there's malevolent energies that also affect our subconscious. And so that's when we work with our own self-indoctrination so that that doorway, which that energy is coming through becomes more and more narrow. And that hopefully that we can start to channel and redirect that energy, reflect back to it. So that energy or that spirit can also have its own self-indoctrination and preparation for its own evolution as well. So I wonder if you have any insights on people who are dealing with entities or, you know, lower vibrational spirits that hover around or are attached or sometimes incorporate like one one of the times for me which is the reason i always had that hell no border around me was because i would have been jumped by suffering spirits which now i'm understanding through you that that happened because they needed help they needed something and and in hindsight i'm realizing that it wasn't like an attack it was because they needed me to help them um but i just didn't see it until right now uh I'm wondering, do you have any advice on what people can do if they're experiencing some of these lower vibrational energies and how they might be able to protect themselves or help, as you said, recognize that maybe that they're just needing help and needing to move on? Or how do we narrow that doorway so that they're not so present in our lives? We don't really have like so much choice, like, okay, I don't want this present in my life. So I'm going to do this amount of spiritual work and that door is going to close and I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, it's, it's, constants whatever creator demands of us of like however it's going to be so it's like as we heal one thing and another thing's going to come it's like <laughs> it's non-stop um so a certain level of acceptance of like the position that we're in that you know if you're a medium you're here to do charity work you know and that there are uh, whether like i said whether you pick them up along your path or they come from your ancestry or they're coming from i don't know where um beings will come when you're a medium and they'll ask for help and then the more we ignore them the more they're going to pull on us they're going to tap on us they're going to make create chaos in our life until we create that energy and we're going to that space for that energy and to work with it and so that's kind of a time that we have to start being like you know what uh all beings are equal you know we have to even if it feels like lower or something we cultivate a certain amount of love and acceptance and goodwill and we show that to the energies that present themselves with a lot of patience with a lot of calmness and they'll they will conduit and conduct themselves in the direction that they need to go in their own evolution which doesn't have to velcro to us and so when we start to let go of our fear that there's something actually wrong with that, you know, or that things are so bad. I mean, one of my great teachers told me I'm only going to receive um, that which I can handle. 
you know, so it's like what comes at us, you know, is because we have the capacity to handle it. And but there's not really like, like I said, some plateau where all of a sudden our work is done and we don't have to deal with certain things anymore. Um, if you're working as a medium of charity, uh, you, there's going to be the light and the dark, the highs and the lows, and we have to be ready for it all. Will you two um, tell the audience what the plant sound immersion is that you've been talking about? Plant Sound Immersion um, was sort of the creation and vision of Jana of working within her lineage, but loosening up the formality of it that is done in the church, um, but still utilizing the, the teachings and the songs to sort of create and hold the container for us to come in and do this deep spiritual work with the sacred plants being ayahuasca and sananga, which is the eye drops that help clear the third eye. You and I have talked about it in, in past episodes. There's also uh, hape, which is like a tobacco snuff. There's combo, which is the frog secretion that helps um, kind of clean all of the toxicity out of the system. Um, there's the flower essences that uh, come from the Amazon. And so we're working with all these different elements of nature to enhance and to support our healing process. And for me as an outsider, I'll say this. When I first was introduced to what Santo Daime was, I was really spooked out by it. I was like, this is too rigid. It's like, it's like uniforms and everybody has to be in a certain position and everybody has to sit up and sing and do all these things. And for me, I know that I had cast like certain judgments about it as being like this religion and this church. And, and to me, from my like Western perceptions of what churches are here in the United States, I certainly was like, I don't know, that's like the furthest thing from anything that I would ever want to be a part of. And Jana presented this idea of, of doing like a more open ended healing space. Um, within her lineage. So this would give me the opportunity to like, okay, experience what this path was about without all the sort of formal, you know, structure. And I'm really happy that she did it that way because I realized, which I would have never realized otherwise, because I would have never actually gone to the church and I would have never put myself in a position to wear like a uniform and, and be like in this, you know, structured setting. I had no idea the immense amount of spiritual wisdom that was coming from this lineage that answered every single question that I ever had in the spiritual realms and beyond, like to a degree that blows my mind still, like even in this conversation right now, Jonna told me things that I was like, are you for real? Like that can really happen. Um, and I've just dipped my toe in the water. I've only been in this, you know, for a year and have only gone to a couple of the um, actual works with the church. And I'm love it actually i remember when she had told me about the dance works that they do where they come and they sing these songs and and they all are in certain positions and do like certain dance steps and i was like that sounds like a nightmare that sounds like the absolute <laughs> antithesis of anything i would ever want to do on plant medicine <laughs> and to be honest with you i loved it i was like oh i'm so in alignment with this like this is amazing and i had a profound healing experience and i learned so much and um that is how I'm seeing plant sound immersion is this bridge to make something that was so intense and came from deep in the Amazon with the with these people that had nothing they had nothing but 
the ability to do this. And we come from this like modern Western world and we have all this, you know, luxuries and we're kind of spoiled and we can pick and choose everything and anything that we do. So there's no need for there to be, you know, um, a necessity for such structure in our lives and such discipline, you know, but I am now seeing with open eyes, the medicine and the wisdom in that and that the they have sort of mastered harnessing these portals and the reason that they do all of these things is to make such a charge of specific types of spiritual energy so we can ascend and experience god or spirit or our guides or ourselves in these really huge profound ways rather than just sort of like piddling around it a little bit and dipping our toe in a little bit here and there. It's like refining it to such a point where those portals become so strong and magnificent. It's like mind blowing. And the, and the levels that you can grow and learn because of it is unreal. And I would have never understood that had Jana not created this space with plant sound immersion. And I'm honestly super honored and just so grateful that I even get to be a part of it because it's like so beautiful and amazing. And I know that I work with a lot of people who are seekers and are wanting to understand and wanting to grow their gifts and wanting to know how these multidimensional realities are working. And I'm telling you, I have found no stronger path of learning than this. And so plant sound immersion as I see it is a bridge way. It's like a halfway point, a stepping stone into getting into that. And you can choose to stop there and, and just experience that and take what you can from that experience, or you can go further, you know, but, but now what I feel like is there's this understanding that there are masters, a lineage of people who've, who've learned this on such deep levels and they have the answers. And, um, that's the most profound and mind blowing part of it to me, but that is my take on it. Jana, <laughs> what is your take? Uh, that's awesome. I loved what you said, Jude. And yeah, I'd love to add a little bit more, um, about my vision with plant sound immersion because, uh, many different things. Yes. I wanted to open up our container, take out some of the little formal rules that we have to our ceremony and create a, a space that was a little bit closer to the earth. You know, for example, not necessarily sitting on chairs, but sitting on the ground and also be able to, um, have a, continue the syncretic opening that the Santa Daimi already has because we're we're a mix of different traditions. We have um, Amazonian indigenous traditions, Christian tradition, African tradition, spiritist tradition, all within part of our cosmology and mix. And there, there are other traditions and uh, world cultures that have also connected with the Santa Daimi, such as Krishna and Hinduism through Prem Baba, uh, the Rastafarian tradition, the Umbanda tradition, we have Umban Daimi, we have um, Daimi Rasta tradition, where we have the connection with the Rastas that love to drink the Daimi and to pray their prayers uh, with, with the tradition, the spiritist traditions. And so there are other healing modalities and traditions, which I call like to call ancient future. And one of them is sound healing, right? Which is so profound, sound healing, working directly with sound and vibration. And I wanted to uh, create a space you know, in, in reverence to mediumship and into our sensitivities that we could also work with the plant medicines in concentrated but smaller doses and work with different modalities that would also combine with the healing frequencies of our, of our plant sacraments. So sound healing was number one that was on my list. And so Jude was the person that I called, you know, being my good friend um, and who I trust very deeply, who's one of the most talented clairvoyants that I know and an amazing 
in so many ways. And so I asked her, I said, oh, will you, will you come and collaborate with me with this vision that I have to create this women's uh, retreat space to create this container? Now, when I when it first was coming together, I know I did had no idea of what was going to happen. You know, I was really unsure of myself because stepping out of the bracket of the traditional work that I do within the Santo Daimi, which is um, not just a church, but it's a spiritual school that we take really seriously. So we talk about the discipline that we have within our spiritual works, you know, we take that really seriously. And it's not easy to take this one of the most powerful plant sacraments on the planet and sit in your chair and pray or dance in a ritual dance for four to 11 hours. It takes, it's a lot of work. So we actually call our, our ceremonies are called works and take stamina. You have to be ready to work and to face everything that comes. Of course, if a person doesn't feel well, they can go into healing space and to lay down. But in, for those of us that are initiates into the Santo Daimi, we've been developing this works. We have a pretty rigorous uh, calendar of works. Um, I've probably drank the daimi over a thousand times in my life. With that, you know, there's a lot of spiritual development that comes into that, but it's not everything that the world has to offer. It only comes in the Santo Daimi. All the spiritual knowledge in the world is not just in the Santo Daimi tradition, but it is in the plants, right? So the daimi offers us the tradition uh, that we can discipline ourselves and listen to these master teachers and develop our 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 knowledge and it's really interesting because ayahuasca literally translates to the vine of the souls right and so here we go again you know mediumship working with souls and so there is a direct correlation with this this plant that is connected infinitely to all of life as well to our dna to um the dmt which is like the life molecule that's in everything and to to give that to our body in, in an easily digested or uneasily digested form that we can also um experience and learn from and within our work of the Santo Daimi with complete reverence to this master teacher uh, is the knowledge that it will touch those and transmit to those people who have encountered it that which they need so it's yes we can learn so much within the ritual of the Santo Daimi that's very rigid and re refined and it takes a lot of focus and it takes a lot of discipline in order to do but even if we opened up that little bit it doesn't uh, diminish the potency of the healing that's transmitted within these sacred plants but it took me some some time to remove like my own human standards that that was even acceptable to do to take it out and loosen this container and to create this other container and to bring in these other modalities such as sound healing and breath work and nutrition and in truth i wanted to create a regenerative space for our nervous systems us as women that work so hard we're already so frazzled and in the spiritual work um, um, working with ayahuasca and demanding ceremonies is it's 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 really intense and so i wanted to uh frame this work in a way that was re rejuvenating for us as well so everything we do in plant sound immersion is pretty much during the day or in the earlier hours of the evening um, and then working it with different aspects of different plant allies that can support and prepare ourselves for the spiritual work such as flower essences and plant baths and um also, in this next one, we're having a beautiful uh, woman who will be collaborating with us, Erin Yaya Merriman, uh, who's going to bring in a bunch of different um, adaptogenic drinks that can help us in both the, our daily life and also in the preparation and in the post action of our ceremony and our integration as well.
And so learning different modalities that can also, and learning about different plant allies that can help benefit us in our daily life and to help us to stay regulated. So when you leave plant sound immersion, not only are you leaving with all these new tools and leaving with the insight and knowledge, but you've gone through levels of rest, taking care of yourself, receiving on a very sensitive and powerful level also through the ceremonies and through the sound healing and through the movement and through the food and through the breath work and a completely integrative experience and so far it's been a huge success and one thing i want to say um that kind of came around for cds and i um is that yes the plant sound immersion is a bridge uh, for people to connect with this work but we also believe that plant sound immersion is also a bridge to people that have been doing this work because in the rainforest and in many different structures and cultures they have really limited access to a lot of this knowledge actually so in a way we're also very excited to um to reciprocate in a way and to take this work of sound healing and breath work and nervous system regulation uh to our people that are in the forest that are also needing these tools as well so what's ended up happening actually which we've discovered by the third plant sound immersion um, is that a whole very genuine powerful portal is being opened and there are many spiritual guides including Padrino Sebastião, Madrina Cristina who are since on the other side um, who are also guiding and protecting this work that we're doing and so in the it's very interesting because talking about the lineages of spirits, you know, we had talked about the lineages of the Umbanda and the working with the Orishas, where we do the Shamada for the different Orishas uh, during the plant sound immersion. But there's a certain time that we start to sing just the hymns of the Daimi, most particularly the, the hymns or the songs that came were channeled by CDs. And when we start to sing those hymns, it's like a whole nother portal opens up and the entities that are showing up manifesting that I've been receiving are more specific actually to the Daimi lineage than to the Umbanda lineage. And they're bringing through this transmission, um, universal transmission of the message of these plants and of these lineages for humanity so that they can also prepare themselves to receive the, the huge spiritual guides that are covering the planet. I think it's kind of hokey, like talking about like the third and fourth and fifth dimensions, not so much my thing, but as we ascend into these other <laughs> dimensions um, in consciousness, you know, there's like real things, you know, it's like a real thing. It's not just like it happens from one or person or one or two people are going to do that. Like all humanity is going to be going there and soon like this universal information is going to become palpable for us all basically. And those spiritual guides that we're working with that are working with the human evolution and helping all the spirits and all the humans and all the that need to evolve within on the planet. It's it's all the same thing, basically, you know, whether you're Christian or Muslim or spiritist, or you don't believe in anything. It's a real existing planes of consciousness that we're connecting to that these spiritual guides and these angels and these archangels and that are are working continuously to cover humanity and to guide us through these times that we're in. Wow, thank you, Jana. You're so knowledgeable and well spoken and I learn so much every time every time we sit and have a conversation. It's it's amazing and I'm so grateful for you and taking the time to come here and share with us uh, your knowledge about uh, mediumship and the lineages that you work with and sharing with us some of your personal experiences and your personal journey. So thank you. Thank you. It's truly an honor to be here today. Thank you, ladies.
Yes. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. And this was such an interesting conversation. And I learned so much about things I really knew nothing about. So thank you so much. I'm so honored. I can't even begin to express. Thank you. You ladies are amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So if you'd like to know more about the work that John and I are doing, you can find it on plantsoundimmersion.com. You can also find more of what Patty and I are doing on spiritspeakerspodcast.com and follow our Instagram at spiritspeakerspodcast. Yeah, we have a lot of amazing things in store. Patty and I are going to be doing a retreat together in mid-June. So by the time you listen to this, there still might be a few spots open that you could sign up on. I also have a retreat coming up in October in Nepal. Um, you can find more information on alignandshinekawaii.com. And Patty, do you have any little announcements you'd like to make? Our annual Q&A episode is coming up and a lot of you have already submitted questions that you would like to get our opinion on. And thank you for that. And if you have any questions that you would like to submit, you can um, either send it to us through spiritspeakerspodcast.com or through Instagram, you can DM us with those and we will try to answer them on our episode that will come out in June. Yeah, that's always a super fun episode for us. So thank you ahead of time for all of the great questions. Until next time, much love and aloha. Take care.